is the Cloud Hub Podcast, your launchpad for Amazon Web Services. Welcome to the Cloud on Out podcast. My name is Michael and today's episode is a little bit special because Andreas is on vacation. Um, so in this podcast, we uh, talk about a topic related to AWS every other week. And one of us uh, prepares the topic and the topic is not known to the other one in this podcast. And as I mentioned, today is a little bit special because I'm not talking with my brother Andreas But uh, I invited a guest to the podcast today, and um, let's welcome Philip. Uh, so Philip is a container hero, and he's working with uh, Docker since um, 2015. So he has lots of experience with Docker. He also has lots of experience with AWS. And I worked with him in, in a project um, a couple of years ago, and since then we regularly, regularly um, talk about AWS and discuss the latest releases in the container space. I know that you prepared a topic related to containers, um, but that's it. So um, what what's the topic that, that we are going to talk about today exactly? The topic for today is the different deployment options that you have with ECS. Um, since a couple of weeks or so, um, AWS introduced a new way to roll out your ECS services um, with the blue-green deployment. And that's yeah, where I looked at it a bit more in detail and, and compared the different options that you, that you already have. Okay, great. So that sounds, that sounds interesting. So um, we are basically talking about how we get our new Docker images uh, out into the wild. So maybe before we start... Um, ECS is the Elastic Container Service. So that's one of the offerings from AWS to um, yeah, manage container workloads. And this is our, like, this is the service where we focus on. So we are not going to talk about Kubernetes, right? Exactly. Okay. So you already mentioned a couple of things like um, blue-green deployments. Uh, so... Why not start with a short introduction about the different kind of ways we can deploy and then we go into the details? Okay. So the, the first options um, that has been since the very beginning of ECS is the rolling update. So ECS provides you a way to define a minimum health and maximum healthy container instances um, and then does the deployment for you. This can be triggered either by CLI or you can do that also with CloudFormation. The other option is then code deploy, where the code deploy service itself is orchestrating the deployment. And um, the third option is to do or to have external deployments where yourself uh, are responsible to do the deployment and orchestrate it. And there are already some implementations by different tools. Okay, so in a nutshell, we can use um, like ro like deployment a deployment mechanism that ECS provides. We can use code deploy, or we can use like external tools. Is so that's how it works, right? Yes. Okay, and so what are the different kind of options when doing deployment? So, for example, you mentioned rolling updates. So that basically means okay, we have like a small number of containers that we that we start and we remove old ones and basically we repeat this until all the containers are replaced. So that's very common known from auto-scaling groups. Um, 
And what other options do we do we have here? So what other strategies are available? Uh, yes, you can do or you can have also blue-green deployments or canary releases. Uh, so I think the difference or the blue-green deployments actually uh, set up a new set um, of your services and then the you can have a check before you shift the production traffic and then at some point you shift the traffic completely and have the new services running. On the other side there's also canary releases which is very similar but you shift the traffic gradually so you can define um, a percentage of traffic that should be switched to the new group and then you can verify if your application is running you can watch uh, a couple of metrics and so on and then decide to go on or not so you just uh, yeah can see that on your production traffic if your application is working or your code is, is working um, and it's affecting not everyone but just a small amount of your customers okay i see so i I must admit I have never used the canary deployment option uh, in production yet uh, on AWS. Um, so I I use the rolling update a lot, um, and um, I had one like one project where we use blue green deployments. Um, so I don't have any experience with with canaries other than reading about it. Uh, so what's your like experience? So have you used this in in production already, or um, yeah, what are your uh, what's your experience here? Uh, no, I haven't used it in production at the moment. Um, I think we can see that then uh, later on. The setup itself is, is very complex and not everything is, is working like expected. So like for me, for example, um, everything must be supported by CloudFormation and that's not always the case. Okay, I see. So um, yeah, so that sounds interesting. So we're always interested in also the things that are not working as expected. Um, so yeah, so let's get started, Philip. Um, um, so what's 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 the first kind of area we dive into? Yeah, let's just have a look on on the on the ECS rolling updates. Um, so that we think that's the most known service actually, uh, or deployment strategy, uh, which is used by most of the people, I guess. Okay, sounds great. The, the, the advantage here is that it's a very simple configuration. So inside an ECS service, you can define your deployment configuration and you have actually just two parameters. You have minimum healthy percent and maximum healthy percent. And that defines um, how many of your tasks must remain in running status when you do the rolling update. And that always depends on the current desired count. So you can say, for example, um, you want to have minimum 100% and maximum 200%. And if you have one, uh, three running or tasks, uh, then it will start to create three new tasks, wait until they are running, and then uh, stop the three old tasks. Okay, because the minimum um, percentage is 100%, which means it's not allowed to remove something before it hasn't added something and maximum means okay it can double the capacity but you could also run with maximum 150 percent and then it could add one and a half okay maybe that that three wasn't the best example here with 50 percent um but yeah okay this is how it works okay I, I i see um so that sounds simple and easy but um you mentioned that there are some problems with this approach so what are the problems here yeah one, one thing that is that you cannot um yeah interrupt such a 
deployment or the roll it back easily. So you have not much control what is what is happening in that process. And the other problem I see is that it doesn't work properly together in combination with CloudFormation. So, um, for example, the CloudFormation stack will be always um, complete successfully when you create a new stack, even if, the, for example, your health checks are failing. And that does not, and it is independent of any uh, of the values of your deployment configuration. So you, you see the result that you get if you deploy the stack initially is uh, everything is fine, it's clean, but in the end, um, your, your ECS service cannot serve any traffic because the health checks are constantly failing. Okay, so let's imagine I have a new Docker image created in my pipeline and then I roll out this change and basically what will happen if even if the image is not working, um, I will happily deploy it. And I think everything is working, but I will see see lots of errors if I look at the metrics of my load balance, for example. Yes, when you when you do updates, it's a bit uh, more complicated. It can fail. So your CloudFormation stack update will fail if the minimum health percent is one hundred percent, and the container health check is unhealthy. It does not check the load balancer health check. So you have to differentiate between these two uh, health checks. And it takes also three hours before CloudFormation recognizes that something is wrong and rolls it back. Okay, so the, the chances are high that you recognize it earlier before CloudFormation will recognize it. But then you mentioned there's no way to kind of stop this or like what are the possibilities? Like if I if I like recognize, okay, something is wrong here. So is there a way to stop the de like the, the deployment or... If you do that with CloudFormation as, as, as well, you can stop that. But, but what CloudFormation will do in a rollback phase is it creates another deployment in ECS with the um, previous task definition. And yeah, that can also be, uh, yeah, bring you into some, some troubles as, as well, dependent on why, why your containers are not, or why your containers are failing. Maybe if you have an de external dependency that cannot be loaded, then you have a problem that they cannot start up. Um, so better way would be just to, to go back to the, uh, or to just keep the, the instances and, and delete the new ones instead of introducing another deployment. Okay, I see. Yeah. And I can like I can confirm that this is a problem because I was actually running in, in similar uh, problems here and I also experienced a three hour kind of um, timeout before the rollback happens from cloud formation. So that's that that is a that is a, a problem in, in 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 real workloads as well. So um okay. So but is there anything that you can do to help us or to make this better or is it just okay that's how it works and that yeah we have to deal with the problem that if things go wrong then we are basically in troubles um i showed that uh, in one of my blog posts a bit in more detail what is what is happening and what you can do to mitigate these things i think in the end it's, it's important to have both health checks running so the the health check for the containers that you will do as part of the task definition but also the ones on the on the load balancer and also do a close monitoring there. Okay, so 
Okay, I think I haven't gotten this right at the first time you explained it to me. So the like the load balancer health checks are not recognized by ECS, but the um, like the health checks that I can define in the task definition, they will be taken into consideration while the deployment is running. In a nutshell, it is like that. Okay, so basically then the like the strategy to to make this deployment a little bit safer would be to use those um, um, I don't what what's the name of those health checks like the instance health checks or how are they called? I call them container health checks. Okay. Okay, and is this like this is maybe a like a special like a question that goes a bit, a bit too deep into into uh, the details? But is this something that is applies to Fargate and EC2 um, workloads like container uh, runtimes, or is it only for EC2 or only for Fargate? I haven't seen any difference, so I think it's it's pretty much the same. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, so that that's at least nice, so that it behaves in the same way for for Fargate and and container instances. Okay, so but that that sounds like a good strategy. Um, so, if you use the ECS mechanism, then make sure that you have uh, configured the health checks properly uh, on the load balancer and on in the task definition. So that's a good tip, I, I think. And I'm pretty sure that I have not configured the health checks in all the projects, probably twice. <laughs> Because that's easy to miss. So, yeah. okay. So, anything else to add to the ECS like deployment option? No, I think that's that's it. That covers it. Okay. So, let's talk about the next option. Um, if I remember correctly, then that's code deploy. Exactly. So, with that limited option that we have seen with the rolling update, um, I don't know exactly when, but I think some years ago. Um, Code deploy introduced also support for ECS deployments. So they did a blue green, or they offered a blue green deployment already earlier for lambdas. Um, but they support now also ECS services, and you can do blue green deployments as well as canary deployments, where we have um, like a bit more more options. Um, how the traffic should be shifted? Um, how long does it uh, stay in that? Um, in that setup and then shifts the traffic completely. Okay, so I I used code deploy in the past a couple of times and but I haven't used it with ECS. Um, I use it for like plain EC2 kind of uh, workloads and yeah, so I'm I'm I yeah, so I'm interested what what's your thoughts on code deploy so I have my own opinion so it yeah, so let's just dive into the details. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the important is that you have to um, follow a certain order when you set up things. So, first of all, you have to create your infrastructure, like all your IMO, security groups, um, and local and and What you need here is you have to have two target groups, one for the production traffic and one for the test traffic. Okay. Uh, the, and then next, you can create your ECS task definition, task definition, your ECS service, maybe also a cluster and so on. And once that is done, you can create the code deploy application and deployment group. Uh, you need that order because in the deployment group, you uh, have to set up the ECS service and cluster and also the target groups that you have defined before. 
And finally, then you can set up a code pipeline, which then builds your image, uh, push it to ECR, and then uh, yeah, you have to create that task definition somehow uh, as a separate file, and an you have to provide an app spec uh, file for code deploy. And I think that's the yeah, that was what what makes it a bit more complex. Uh, as you have to uh, do that in that order. You can, for example, not create a pipeline first and then deploy your application, but you have to deploy uh, your, your application initially. Then you can set up the pipeline because it referenced some of your infrastructure, and then you can um, so, yeah, deploy updates to your application. Okay, I see, because like part of the deployment is actually making changes to the infrastructure, and this is where the two concepts kind of clash. And is, is that the, like, is my understanding correct here? Yes, yes, because what, what happens is that it changes the setup of the load balancer and, and tells the load balancer to shift the traffic uh, from one task set to, to another one. So like, like task set, uh, we will see that later as well, um, is, is a way to define an ECS deployment. It's very similar, or the options are very similar to an ECS service. Uh, so you define the task definition um, and as well as some settings for the load balancer. But you can have multiple task sets uh, within your ECS service. And they are used to deploy um, a new version of your of your application. Okay, so I have one like question here because when we use code deploy with EC2 instances, then the requirement is there is a code deploy agent running on the EC2 instance. But my understanding is that that's not the case for ECS workloads. Is that correct? So there's nothing running in my container that is related to code deploy. Yes, that's true. You don't need that. Um, it, it's like happening from 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 the outside. But but you have to provide a task definition and an app spec file, which uh, also defines uh, which service and cluster um, should be used. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see. So the like the app spec file is usually like if you're if you are using EC2 with code deploy, then this is where you specify okay, like those are the scripts that need to be executed during the deployment. Those are the files that need to be copied around, and and that's basically very different for ECS because you don't do anything of that. Um, okay, you just reference the like the, the correct places where, where the deployment should happen. So that's kind of the configuration that you have to do. Exactly. Okay, so yeah, that sounds... I mean, yeah, okay, we have to get the order right. Um, so that's that's a little bit complicated. And we have to kind of live with the problem that like infrastructure is changed from... Uh, like from code deploy, the task definitions are created by code deploy, things like this. Um, but what are the like the the advantages of those of this approach? So why should I choose code deploy instead of using the native ECS service deployment? So the code or the the, the advantages here with code deploy are that you have much more options to control your rollout. So like I said, you can have different options to how the traffic is shifted. So you can do um, a canary deployment, which just shifts a small percentage of your traffic and then the rest. You can do a linear um, shifting or like typical blue green setup, you, you switch traffic completely all at once. 
And you can also de test your deployment be before the traffic is shifted. So you can define some, some lambdas as well, uh, which checks if your application um, started successfully and, and is able to, to run your traffic. Um, and also, uh, within the, the shifting of the traffic, you will have several hooks where you can call your Lambda and, and test if the validation or if your application is still valid. And Code Deploy also supports um, the definition of some CloudWatch alarms, which are checked, and then when uh, something goes wrong, um, it will roll back automatically for you. Yeah, and even after that, so if you have switched completely, it bakes the deployment for a while. That means it keeps both um, variants, like the blue and the green, for a while. Um, and to watch if if really everything is, is fine, and, and that's why I also have to define the CloudWatch alarms, because if anything goes wrong here, it can still roll back fast to the previous version, because it's still running in the background, just doesn't get any any production traffic yeah and after an hour or so um this setup is then also killed so that you save the cost again okay and that's achieved with the two target groups so basically they have one active target group and one that is prepared to be the next active one and if they like if it's if the deployment is done then they they use the other one for uh for like for the next deployment the other one is used for the, the new release and okay so This sounds much more like there are many more safeguards in place here, so it's it's easier to like roll back as you mentioned and faster to roll back. So that that sounds good. Um, also, with integration of CloudWatch alarms, I mean you should have those alarms already, so you can probably just connect what you have. Um, and also, I like the 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 function or the feature that you can have a lambda function and perform like smoke tests or things like this. And if those fail, you can uh, roll back. So I mean that sounds pretty cool. Um, so, um, yeah, so what are the disadvantages? Yeah, for me, again, um, it, it, it doesn't exist if there is no CloudFormation support, and uh, some of the resources are still not uh, supported. So the, the, well, the one that is um, left, which is not supported, is the deployment group itself. So there is an option to define a deployment group in cloud formation for lambdas, but not for ECS services. Yeah, another disadvantage here is like you have these dependencies um, between your deployment and uh, your your infrastructure, which, like in my opinion, was or should be kind of separate, um, so that you can just form your pipeline, create your stack initially. And that's not the case here, and that makes things a bit more more complex. It took me a while to to understand how that works together, uh, what service is doing what. Yeah, I agree. So it, it's really not easy to understand. Uh, I was trying to understand it as well, like from the release notes uh, that that are pub published by AWS. Um, so the documentation also seems to be a little bit uh, like unclear or not not complete. And um, there's one good news. I am. Um, I just double check this. Uh, so it, it is it is uh, free. So code deploy is uh, not charged at all by AWS. So um, I mean, yeah, that's good um, because ECS, like the deployment option, ECS is also free. So um, there are no charges for that. Um, okay. So you mentioned that there, like the CloudFormation support is. Um, I, yeah, I mean, we talked about uh, about this problem a lot here in this podcast. So the 
uh, sometimes CloudFormation is not really up uh, to the new features. Um, is there any workaround? So what can we do? I mean, we can do maybe stuff with CLIs or custom resources. What's your proposed workaround here? Or should we just wait for CloudFormation support? Yeah, just wait for CloudFormation support. I'm not sure <laughs> that works all the time. Um, but there is an, a new way to yeah, create your CloudFormation templates. Um, it's called CDK. So you write your infrastructure with a higher level language. And it has a lot of benefits because it abstracts things for you. And there is not yet an, an official support for blue-green deployments as part of the CDK. But the community made, uh, I think, a good one. Um, which which can which can be used and which abstracts away um, that, for example, the support for the deployment group is not there and, and creates the custom resource automatically for you in the background. Okay, so if I'm using the CDK, I basically can use some like community-driven project where someone wrote a custom resource that sets up everything with CloudFormation and then I'm like, I mean, deployment group shouldn't be that much of a problem if it is at, at replaced in the future with the with the native resource if it's supported so that should be a good a good way to go yeah and um, so i i know that you are really like into looking into the cdk um so we haven't talked about this yet in the podcast so that's another good topic uh, we could talk about um so um maybe we go like have some kind of uh break here with with deployments and talk like a, a minute about the cdk so uh, you mentioned that it is like a way to deploy infrastructure in a higher level language. So can you uh, give us an example of what languages can we use and uh, what is what is happen what happens behind the scenes? So is it still cloud formation and and what are your like why do you like it? Uh, so what are the, the biggest benefits and maybe things like this uh, if you can just give us some details. I think that's interesting for lots of people out there. Yes, CDK is a very fast-moving project. They have uh, yeah, releases every couple of days, and they um, so the main language here is TypeScript, but they provide the same features also for Python, for .NET, for Java, and I think in the beta also GoLang, so that you you have the same same feature set, the same releases at the same yeah on the same day in all these languages. And like from your experience, do you like if you like compare to like if you compare writing CloudFormation templates with writing uh, CDK code? Do you think it's like is it like easier to get started? Is it easier to maintain large projects? Or what are the the benefits in in real like real scenarios? So if you're already used to such uh, language, then it's quite easy to to switch. And the benefits I see is that out of the CDK, you get already a lot of uh, things that you don't have to care about anymore. So CDK supports everything that CloudFormation supports. So they use the CloudFormation spec to generate these um, level one constructs. They are exactly the same uh, like you have in CloudFormation. Mm -hmm. So like construct is just yeah, something that creates an infrastructure. CDK it's called construct and you can uh, combine constructs and, and make higher level constructs 
uh, which is often called as uh, layer two. And for many uh, services, uh, at least the important ones, CDK supports these level or uh, layer two constructs already, uh, which provides you useful defaults, um, takes care about permissions and so on. So often you don't have to care, when you write CDK, you don't have to care so much about uh, permissions because if you combine services, CDK can detect that dependency and creates the, the permissions and the rules automatically for you. Okay, so that sounds interesting. So it basically um, <clears throat> avoids lots of permission problems uh, because it automatically creates them. And um, it also saves lots of like additional resources that I have to create if I, I just want to have an ECS service, but oh, you also need a security group, you need IAM roles and stuff like this. And the other advantage is that you can uh, share everything uh, easily by using the normal package managers of the, of the languages of choice uh, with others. So you can um, set up like, um, I like, like the, the it's one project that I mention all the time is the Watchful project from Elad, um, who is creating automatically alarms for every resource in your stack. So based on some best practices, like every Lambda, it makes sense, for example, to, to check the error count or the throttling or um, the, the duration if it goes into the max duration that you have defined. Um, and you don't have to care. That's just a single line that you have to add to your stack. And, and then all your resources are already basically covered with, uh, with some alarms or the important alarms. Okay, I see. So basically the capabilities or the possibilities are much greater because it's a real programming language and you can do all kinds of crazy stuff there. Okay, cool. Um, so now um, let's go back to like deployments on, on ECS. So we talked about native deployments with ECS services. We talked about code deploy. And you mentioned a third way um, and I forgot the name. So um, let's, let's talk about this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, third way are external deployments. So... Is the ECS team uh, opened the way how they use that or also how code deployer guess uh, use that internally and what you can do or what you have to use is the uh, task sets what I mentioned before so you use uh, you create a task set as a new uh, deployment or as a deployment of a new version of your, your task and yeah, but it also means that you have to do everything by yourself. So like shifting the traffic um, and so on and, and deleting then the old task set, switching over and so on. I like if I have like special requirements, um, maybe I maybe if you want to do I'm, I cannot come up with a good example, but if you have like requirements that are not uh, possible to Im like to implement with code deploy at the moment, then you could implement your own magic and um and do whatever you want um to validate and and uh, shift your traffic on your own and and things like this so okay so i haven't seen this uh, used anywhere um but um like are there what are you aware of any projects that are used by many people so like you mentioned a few but is this it's just something that is like used by by many people and is popular or What's your uh, impression? 
Yeah, I don't have any numbers here, uh, but it is used, for example, in Spinnaker. So people using Spinnaker for deployments uh, can or also use these external deployments or can use that. Uh, and also recently, um, AWS showed in a blog post how they how you could set up that with Jenkins. So if you using Jenkins for your build and deployments, um, you can also have blue green and canary deployments and, and you. Yeah, that's, I think, useful in the cases where you can't use code deploy. Okay, great. Um, so what else to mention here for the uh, external deployments? Um, so they basically work very similar to, to what you can do with the code deploy as well. Um, and the interesting part here is that the CloudFormation team also <laughs> used that external deployment option to provide another way to do blue-green deployments in CloudFormation. Okay, so can you, like, uh, if I understand this correctly, then you can do green-blue deployments with CloudFormation without code deploy, um, but it will use, like, CloudFormation basically uses the, or is an external deployment provider, or I don't know how to call this. Is this how it works? Yes, that's... Um... So <laughs> it's, it's different to the, to the other two options. So in that case, CloudFormation itself is, is orchestrating the deployment and it does these, these steps like create, uh, if you have deployed already your blue setup or your blue environment, it will set up a green task, a task definition, it will shift the traffic then to the green task set, um, or first test traffic, then some part of the pod traffic, production traffic, and then finally everything of the production traffic, and at the end it will then remove the blue task set and task definition. So these are the, the steps that also happens if you do that with code deploy, but they are done as part of cloud formation itself, and that, yeah, <laughs> for that they, uh, They added some features in CloudFormation to, to support that use case. Um, yeah, the, the docs are, yeah, there are not many documentations uh, about how that works. Um, good uh, insights are on, on Twitter by Clearly Gurry. But um, <clears throat> what you have to set up in, in CloudFormation is um, a transformation, a new one. Um, you might know transformations from Sam, but they also introduced something that's called hooks. And yeah, and here the documentation is, is, is very limited and, and doesn't tell you much. And you have uh, basically look up the the, the examples. Uh, the it's, it's it's a bit strange to set up what you have to do in cloud formation because you just define uh, one, one setup, like the, the green variation um, and not the blue, because the blue is then created by the transmission itself. So you create a an, an ta green task definition, for example, but not a blue one. But you have to add monitors for the blue one. Okay, because this resource is created by the transformation, And, okay, you can kind of infer the, the logical ID and, and then do things like this. Oh, okay. Or, I mean, if CloudFormation can do all that for me, and if I'm using CloudFormation, I mean, there are people that use Terraform, so they cannot use this feature. But if I'm a CloudFormation, uh, um, if I use CloudFormation for the infrastructure setup, 
So why, or do you think there's any reason to use code deploy or can I just go with the new cloud formation feature and, and everything is working fine? Or are there any problems compared to what a code deploy provides? Yeah, so the advantage with the CloudFormation um, variant is that it is fully supported in CloudFormation. So um, there are no resources um, that you have to create by your own, like with the, the deployment group in, in code deploying. But on the other hand, it's, I think it's a very early stage and these hooks also are very new. So not everything or not all features of CloudFormation can be used there. So like you cannot resolve um, SSM parameters or you cannot do some, some imports within special sections of your templates. It just uh, doesn't, doesn't work. Okay, I see. Okay, so let me ask one question. So if you would start a project today and, and you want, I mean, we have, we have a couple of like couple of things already defined. So we, 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 we would love to use CloudFormation and we would also like to use ECS. So what option would you choose to deploy your service today? I think it depends a bit um, of, your, of your environment that you already have. I think one thing, uh, can you use CDK or not? If you can use CDK, I would probably use that and, and use code deploy. Um, also, like if you yeah using code pipeline or code deploy already, I think that would be a good option. And you have to do the workaround with the missing deployment group support. Um, if you don't need a blue green deployment or canary releases, because I, I don't know, it depends on your service. Um, then you can still do rolling update, but keep in mind have the health checks uh, in both health checks in place. Um, also watch your your deployment confirmation deployment uh, closely to see that uh, if anything goes wrong. And yeah, the third option I think it's with cloud formation itself. Not sure if that is useful because. As, these limitations at the moment are quite hard that you can, like I said, you cannot use an input value or whatever, you cannot resolve an SSM parameter, which is uh, yeah, pretty standard use case that, you, that many people have within uh, their ECS services. So I think that's at the moment not possible to, to, to use that for many projects. Okay, so your advice would be to to either like use one of the two like the first options and 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 maybe we have to wait a little bit um to like for AWS to evolve the third option and if they can like support all the features of cloud formation like import uh, value and 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 the resolving of of SSM parameters then it it gets useful as well but at the moment that might not be the best choice so that's what i understand from your from your summary yes exactly okay okay great philip um so um have you missed something important or is that all we have to know about choosing the right deployment option for ECS? I think for the moment that's that's all at least that what I am aware of. Okay, and, and that's a lot of stuff so um I must admit uh, so lots of this uh, was not was not clear to me and and it helped me to understand how everything works and um also it it, it helped me to understand how the cloud formation deployment works because previously I was like I was thinking that they may use code deploy, but they don't because they just interact with this 
task set stuff um, which I haven't seen before like so that's something that I definitely have to check out um, so thank you very much for um, um, preparing this for us and um, guiding us a little bit on the options um, two things to mention here to our readers uh, listeners sorry um, there, there is a blog post um, that sums up the topic and uh, Philip had lots of uh, like links to other people like Twitter stuff and things like this and and if you're interested in those kinds of references, then check out the blog post. And um, the 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 last or the second thing I want to talk about is that if you're interested in the CDK, um, Philip has um, or is running a, a group, um, like kind of a happy hour uh, thing um, where they talk about um, the CDK. But there's one limitation here. Uh, it's um, for uh, German-speaking attendees only um, because, yeah, they will not... Um, um, or they will uh, will talk about uh, or have talks in in German. So if if that is interesting for you, um, you will find the link in in the show notes as well for um, the CDK uh, group, and then you can check this out. Um, yeah. Besides that, um, thank you very much, Philip, uh, for preparing um, all this uh, nice stuff, and it was very interesting. So um, thanks for um, being in our podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Great. See you. Bye.